Well, it's my last Sunday here as a pastor at Twin Falls Reformed Church. And, you know, for me, uh, there's a lot of things I'm experiencing at once this morning. One, it's, it's a little awkward. I don't know if you feel that. It's a little awkward. Uh, the things that they didn't teach you in seminary list grows today, as in how do you say goodbye? You know, that's a really difficult thing to do. It's an uncomfortable day. Um, it's a sad day. Perhaps that's true for some of us besides me too. Um, for some of us, it might be actually an exciting day. I don't know. Like, all right, finally, get this guy out of here. I don't know. Um, but I have prayed a, a ton about what in the world should I say as my last day as your pastor? Like, what, do I, what do I say? Um, and the Lord brought a passage to mind. Um, and so that passage is going to be our scripture reading this morning. Our scripture reading is going to be found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to open up and join me there. And if, if you don't, I invite you to grab your smartphone and open up that way as well. What I want to do is I, just, I really basically want to walk verse by verse through this passage because it says a lot about what I wish to say to you all as I exit uh, today And so um, our scripture reading is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. Um, our scripture reader this morning is John Garnsey. John, when you're ready, you can head on up. In church, what we do here when we read scripture together is we stand and we face the center of the room. And, and standing is a point of honor. And the center of the room says something about where Scripture ought to be in our lives. And I affirm that even more today on my last day, that Scripture ought to be central. And so, John, when you're ready, uh, you can take it away with Scripture reading. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through the belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word or by mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace, give us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Thanks, John. You all may take a seat. So our scripture reading this morning is found smack dab in the center of 2 Thessalonians. Um, if you know anything about the letter, Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians uh, to correct the church in Thessalonica about some weird teaching that they had absorbed. Um, they started to believe some wacky things about end times, and Paul thought, I need to write another letter to make sure that I can correct this issue. Now, most of the time when we turn to 2 Thessalonians, we are turning there because we want to get to the end times stuff, right? It's an end times letter. That's why we go there. There's all kinds of stuff about Jesus' second coming. Um, there's all kinds of stuff about the Antichrist and who the Antichrist is and when the Antichrist comes and what the Antichrist is going to do and all of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of end time stuff there. And when we turn there, that's what we tend to look for. But there's something else going on in this letter, and I think it's relevant for today. Um, if you can get past the end time stuff, uh, what you will find is a relationship between a pastor and his church. A pastor and his church. Uh, the Apostle Paul had invested in the believers in Thessalonica. 
Um, he loved them. He wanted them to prosper in the Lord. He wanted them to live in light of the good news of the truth of Jesus. That's what Paul wanted as a pastor to his church. Now, buried smack dab in the center of this letter are these really powerful, great verses. Um, this is the Apostle Paul perhaps being the most pastory he has yet to be in the scriptures. Um, and it's our scripture reading this morning that are those passages. Paul has three pastoral things to say to his church community in Thessalonica that happens to be really, really far away. And TFRC, what I want for us today is Paul's words to his community to somehow be my words to you as I leave. So there's three words that Paul has. Thanksgiving, challenge, blessing. He shares a thanksgiving. Then he shares a challenge. Then he finally shares a blessing. And these three final words I want to leave with you all. So we'll start at the first one, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. If you have your Bibles... Uh, take a look at the first two verses of our scripture reading. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verses 13 and 14. I want you to just re I want to read this to you, and I want you to just hear it. So listen to this. Paul says to the church in Thessalonica, he says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the first 16 uh, words there that I want you to notice, the first 16 words. Paul says, but we ought always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. Pastor Paul, to the church in Thessalonica, always thanks his God for his church family in Thessalonica, even though Paul may be far, far away from them. He always thanks God for them. A TFRC, if you hear anything from me at all this morning, if you remember anything about me as I leave and step off this platform and I'm gone, anything at all, I want you to remember this. Me, Pastor John, and my wife, Becca, and my kids, Luca and Noah and Addie, we will always thank our God for you, brothers and sisters. Yes. Loved by the Lord. Now, I don't want to just say that this morning, like, oh, thanks, that's cute, you know. No, I, I want to show you this this morning. I want to show you why I feel such gratitude toward you. Um, if you know anything about me, You'll know that I am not from Idaho, not from here. And I hate to disappoint some dairy people in the room, also not from California. I'm sorry, I know, hurt feelings. I'm from like the other Dutch area called Michigan. That's where I came from. If you were to hop in a car and drive to the town that we moved from, you are in for a 1,734 mile trip to Michigan. You ready? There's Nebraska and Iowa in there. It's a rough drive. When my family and I moved here, uh, we were utter strangers to you. You didn't know us. We didn't know you. You had no reason to trust me as your pastor at all. You had no reason to accept me and my family into the church community here at TFRC. You had no reason to do so. 
When my family and I made a 1,734-mile road trip to Twin Falls in an old Buick Rendezvous in a Penske truck, we had no idea what God was up to. We had no idea what God was going to bring us on the other side of that trip. But let me tell you, when we pulled into the driveway of our rental home, which, by the way, a generous person in our church made sure that we got that rental home, when we pulled up into the driveway, suddenly, family after family after family after family pulled into the driveway to meet us, all TFRC people, all of them, to care for us, to tend to us, to ask how we are, to shake our hands, to meet us, and to actually unpack us. In fact, they unpacked uh, all the stuff that we owned in like less than 20 minutes. <laughs> it was amazing. Guys, Pastor Chuck was there. And he brought like this plastic box. He like blew the dust off of it. And he had tools in it that he used that day. I know. It was amazing. But that moment of love and charity from you was only the beginning. It was only the beginning. You quickly became our family, away from our family. You quickly became our community. You quickly became our identity here, to be frank. And you were so unbelievably gracious, not just to my family, but you've been gracious to me as a pastor as well. You, you probably can't believe this, but my first message here was a little rough. It's a little, some of you remember, like, it was way worse than that, buddy, and you're not any better today. You know, some of you might be thinking, I don't know. Um, but I remember preaching that message and struggling through it and thinking like, man, this is, this is interesting. We'll see what happens next. And I walked off the platform and there was an old retired pastor at the bottom of the steps here. He walked up to me. His name was Shorty Brown. Some of you know him. He recently passed away. And Shorty Brown knew what I knew. He knew that my message was terrible. He knew that. Like we could see it. And he walked up to me totally lying, right? Totally lying to me. And he said, that's one of the most impactful sermons I've heard in a long time, Pastor. You're laughing, but he was dead serious in my eyes. And the reason he did that is because that's what we do here at TFRC. We support each other. You've supported me. And it's not just how you've treated me or treated my family. I will always thank the Lord for you because of what the Lord did through you before I came here, during my time here, and what the Lord has yet for you into the future. I'm confident that the Lord is not done with this place. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn you back to uh, 2 Thessalonians and take a look starting at verse 13 again. I want to point just one word out for you as I work through and just listen to this. Starting in verse 13 again, Paul says as he's talking to the church in Thessalonica, he says, but we are always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord because God chose you as first fruits, first fruits to be saved. What Paul said for the church in Thessalonica, it's true for you, church. It's true for you. You have indeed been a first fruits community. You are. You are a community where it is self-evident that the sanctifying work of the Spirit is working in you and through you in this world. And it's obvious to everyone around 
that TFRC believes the truth, you believe the truth, that the gospel of Jesus is a true story that has eternal ramifications, not just for you in this room, but for everyone around too. And you go out and you try to share that good news with the people around. And you do so with your hands and you do so with your feet. You've been so unbelievably generous as a church. You started new ministries, the mustard seed, the, uh, the mustard seed and the wellness tree. Those are huge ministries in Twin Falls that this community started. You've been so unbelievably generous with your money and with your time. Do you remember the last couple of summers where we would go to a neighborhood? We went to Jerome last year and then Twin Falls uh, the year before. And we just worked our tails off and we intentionally picked the hottest days of the summer to go. You remember this? Yeah, some of you do, right? I remember uh, last year I was working on a roof and I didn't know that I could sweat that much. And I remember the hard work of Rick Nairbout who's sitting over there. That dude is a machine on a roof. Seriously, he was amazing. And just another image of who TFRC is. You've been a church that has bent over backwards for the kids. You've built buildings purely for kids. You're working on another building purely for the kids that the little ones might have a powerful friendship with the Lord. You care about that stuff and you put your money where your mouth is with that stuff. You are the fruit that Paul talks about. You are. And because of that, I will be eternally filled with gratitude toward you. I'll always thank my Lord for you. And I'll always find a way to come back and say hi. Just like two hours south of here, which is great. So the first word is thanksgiving. Uh, the second word that Paul has um, for his church in Thessalonica is the word challenge. Challenge. He has a challenge for his church family in Thessalonica. If you have your Bible, take a look at verse 15 a second where he kind of lays it out. Verse 15, Paul says this. He says, So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. Stand firm, Paul says. Hold fast, Paul says. Paul's words are my words to you this morning. I hate to say this and be the bearer of bad news, but TFRC, there are tough times ahead of you. And the only proper response to those tough times is to stand firm, hold fast, church. Stand firm, hold fast. You know, as I look ahead, for TFRC, and frankly, I think it's just for, you know, the faithful church in America today. I see two things that are headed your direction, and they're two things, frankly, that are sort of already here in a way as well. Um, the first one is this, and pay attention to what I'm about to say, because it's kind of a confusing sense, but just listen closely. Right now, right now, it has never been easier to not practice the faith. You catch that? Right now, it has never been easier to not practice the faith. All of you grammar people are like, ah! I, I can see it on your faces. Now, I'm not saying that it's harder to practice the faith today. In fact, I might argue, and some of you would maybe disagree with this, I would argue that it's never been easier to practice the faith than it has been today. However, it has never been easier to simply stop practicing 
the faith. Church, 1950s Christian America is long gone. It's gone. We are a thoroughly secular society today. When I was a kid, if I would mow my lawn on a Sunday in Michigan, right, the old man across the street would come over and have a talking with me like, hey, we don't work on the Lord's day. Maybe you experienced this from your childhood. That day is gone. People aren't going to do that anymore. It's over. That kind of accountability is gone. If you choose not to pray, if you choose not to study your scriptures, if you choose not to participate in a church, if you choose to not be generous in the name of the Lord, if you choose not to take on the character and virtue of Jesus in your life, no one is going to correct you. No one's going to force you to get in line. No one will. The guide rails that made it basically de facto to be a Christian in America have fallen off. It's gone. The time's over. It has never been easier to not practice the faith. And then paired with that is another thing that I see coming that's frankly already here in many ways. There's a reporter, his name is Ross Duthai, he's a Catholic guy. And he's given a name to this other thing that's happening in, in our culture, our society as we speak. And he's named it decadence. Decadence. He says, American society today is slipping into cultural decadence. Now, if you're like, okay, what's decadence? Help me understand. This is what he says decadence is. Listen to this. It should be on the screen. He says, decadence refers to economic stagnation institutional decay, and cultural and intellectual exhaustion at a high level of material prosperity and technological development. So what is he saying here? We Americans today have more prosperity, more technological achievement than we ever have had in the history of the world. And yet at the same time, we are all experiencing a collective exhaustion as a society as well. To be crass, We've become fat and kind of happy, right? Fat and kind of happy. And so when people ask us, hey, how are you these days? We all reply, all of us do, we're all guilty. Man, it's busy. Like my life is busy right now. It's busy out there. We feel like our schedules are constantly out of hand, like there's, like there's not enough hours in the day. And all of us, just all we really want to do is find that way that we can get to relaxation, to play, to vacation, to sleep in, to enjoy life, to have fun in life. We Americans, we're decadent. Now, if you mix decadence with the statement, it's never been easier to not practice the faith. Here's what you get, and it's true right now in our churches, a mass falling away from the church. A mass falling away. You know, some of us are like, yeah, well, it was COVID, COVID. No, 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 COVID just hit the fast forward button on this. It was already happening far before COVID in America. We don't have to be Christian anymore. And we frankly just don't have the energy to pursue it anymore either in America. Now, TFRC, here's my final challenge to you. You know, in a decade, many of us who are in this room, you're going to say, hey, he's the pessimist in the room. In a decade, 
Many of us in this room, many of us who are streaming in online, in a decade, several of us in this room and online right now will not be here. And it will not be because we moved out of town and it will not be because we passed away. It will be because we slowly and quietly and calmly drifted away from the faith and we drifted away from the church. And here's my challenge. Don't be one of those drifters. TFRC, don't do it. Don't be one of those drifters. Um, I, I titled today's message, A for Effort. One is because it points back to my high school years, A for Effort. Um, the second is, is because it doesn't take much to stay connected to your faith and to stay connected to your faith community. It just takes a little bit of effort. Church, stay engaged. Put in a little bit of effort. Take a baby step toward your faith. Take a baby step toward your faith community. And in 10 years, you'll be one of the people that's still in the room. A Thanksgiving, a challenge. Uh, and lastly, Paul gives us a blessing. Listen to Pastor Paul write to his church family in Thessalonica one more time. If you have your Bible, take a look at verse 16. Listen to this. Paul says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. TFRC, let those words be my words to you today. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father encourage your hearts today and strengthen you today, TFRC, in every good deed and word. You know, one thing that I know is true um, is that the Lord is not nearly finished yet with TFRC. It's not. The Lord's not done here yet. The Lord has plans for you, church. The Lord has a future for you. I know it. I can see some of it. You're headed somewhere. The Lord is bringing you somewhere. And on this day, as I leave you, I know that you, my church family, are only getting warmed up. You're only getting warmed up. My prayer is that the Lord encourages your hearts today that the Lord strengthens you in deed and in word today. Because although today is painful for some of us, myself included, it's also a sign that the Lord is up to something in this place. You need to believe that and trust that. Pay attention. God's on the move here. He's not done with TFRC yet. There's a lot more to come. So as I was praying this week, I was trying to figure out, okay, so how do you end a message when it's your last one? Because it feels a little different than, you know, every other week. And as I was praying about it and thinking about it, I felt like God wanted me to do this, that my last words preached to you were not my words, but they were words of the scriptures 
And what I'd like to do to close is I'd like to do the service a little out of order. It's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to do the service a little out of order, and I'd like to end this message with a blessing for you. Would you be okay with that? Could you guys all stand? You know, a blessing in, in uh, my family means we hold our hands out like this, and some of us are like, that's goofy. But there's something about when someone is offering your, you a blessing that you allow that blessing to come to you, and then you take that blessing and you hold on to it firmly. I invite you to hold your hands out. You know, my son, what he does is he receives the blessing and then moves to his heart, and I love that. You can do that too if you'd like to. But I want these to be my final words to you, church. TFRC, I always thank my God for you. Brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God shows you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. TFRC, he called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts today and strengthen you in every good deed and word today. Amen? Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this community. Lord, you have been so unbelievably generous to TFRC. You have blessed this community. You continue to bless this community. God, I pray that in the days, in the weeks, in the months, in the years to come, Lord, that you would continue to shower this community of faith with your blessing, with your goodwill, with your vision for this church and for this community, Lord. Lord, continue to make TFRC not just a great community, but, but a community that reaches outside of this community and affects everything around it, God. Make that so. May it be so, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless them. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.